Welcome back to the Elemental Evan Show. Today, I have an amazing guest with me today. He's going to cover all things blue light and what it is doing to your health. We have with us today, Daniel Ebbett. He's the founder and CEO of Block Blue Light, which is one of the world's premier suppliers of blue light blocking products. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Awesome to be here, Evan. Looking forward to um, getting into all things light and health and sharing sharing a lot of my knowledge to your listeners. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you for coming on. I know, uh, obviously, being that you're based, uh, and we're going to cover this, but being that you're based out of New Zealand, uh, I'm really happy that we were able to get these times lined up and, and get this show going. So thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so uh, to kind of kick the show off, I'd love to ask a few questions just to allow the listeners to get a better idea of who you are. So starting off, uh, I already kind of spoiled this, but uh, where are you from? Or sorry, where were you born? Where was I born? Yep. So born in Little Old New Zealand here. Um, been here most of my life. Actually did a stint over in Canada and also a stint in Australia, but ultimately ended up back home here in, in the small little you know country of New Zealand. Not a bad place to be though, right? Nah, absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, all right. And then uh, what's a favorite book of yours? Oh, um, I'm going to go with just on topic is why we sleep by matthew walker mm, um that's, that's good yeah yeah it's it he's 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 uh yeah he's been a big um expert in the space of sleep and i've learned learned a lot so obviously i've digested a lot of different people's perspective on sleep and what's impacting it and he he's got he's just got an amazing knowledge on on that subject and he has a that book just really breaks it down because <laughs> um yeah when you just think about it sleep is really an amazing thing that we don't really completely understand all of all of the reasons why we do actually sleep so yeah 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 definitely i mean i know we're gonna dive really deep on sleep but it is one of those things that i think is so easily overlooked yet at the same time it's like uh i, I heard someone say that if it wasn't an absolute necessity of ours then we probably would have evolved out of it as a species because why else would you be unconscious for like eight hours of the day right <laughs> that's it exactly, exactly. yes uh, and then last one is, what's a favorite quote of yours? Uh, yep, this one on topic as well. Um, so this is by a neurosurgeon in, in the US, and we'll probably actually talk about him quite a lot during this interview, um, Dr. Jack Cruz. Um, one, of the, one of the things he said very earlier on in my discovery and, and going down this rabbit hole of light was, health is about light, not food. That's what he said. And um. And just to kind of back that up with the reason why I like that quote is, and particularly st even still in today's world, where when a lot of people would get so fixated on what we're eating and this is the gateway to optimal health, but there are some rather, I'm not saying that um, what you eat doesn't certainly impact it, but there's some bigger things at play here that have significant um, impacts on like our biology and how we interact in our environment. And light is one of those, which I'm sure we're going to discuss a lot today. But um, for me, in my own health journey, that was a big, a big aha moment because I was so fixated on, oh, I'm not doing the food right. I'm like, oh, I need to be like paleo or carnivore, and oh, and like, and there's all these food gurus out there. And, and so Jack personally kind of hate has a bit of a hate hates on them because they they don't, whilst they are so fixated on it like different element things of what you eat, they, they just completely disregard other aspects of what you need to be healthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, it's super good that you bring that up because even in my own health journey, it's been a lot of learning and understanding that there are a lot of elements to health. It's not just food. It's not just exercise. Um, it's, you know, as important as sleep is, it's not even just sleep, right? Like there's so many parts. And even like you were just saying, uh, the health is about light, not food. Uh, that's really interesting. And, and I'm excited to get a little bit more into that for sure. But I'm glad to, to see that you have that kind of a perspective because I, I like to have people who are very well-rounded and, and understanding that like health has so many different, you know, sides to it. And uh, it's really good for us to understand all of those different aspects. So I really appreciate that quote. Really cool. Um, okay. 
So let's uh, jump in to what blue light is and what it's all about. So if you would like to maybe just start off with a pretty general uh, explanation of kind of what blue light is, what junk blue light is, or natural blue light, or however you want to kind of define those. Uh, If if you would like to take the floor on that, I would love to hear your uh, definitions of those. Yeah, sure. So if we if we break it down in the most simplest terms, uh, blue light. So light is measured in wavelengths, which are um, the measurement is called nanometers. So blue light is is a wavelength um, range that ranges from 400 to 500 nanometers. So that's quite a. And so when we look at it, look at a scale of 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 light, we go from the colors of the rainbow. So we go blue into green, yellow, orange, and red. So red's right down the opposite end of the um, of the spectrum to blue. And so we find blue light in, in nature and we find it artificially. So in nature, um, blue light is balanced. It's from the sun. We get it, but we get it with all the other colors of, of, of spectrum, including the infrared spectrum and the UV spectrum. So when you're outside, blue light is ultimately is very good for us. Um, blue light is responsible for this um, stimulation of neurotransmitters. So dopamine and serotonin are activated through the exposure to blue light. So that's heavily regulating our mood and our energy levels. The issue is, is we don't get much of that blue light. We don't get enough of the blue light from outside in full spectrum light. We, in our modern lifestyles, we spend a lot of time indoors. So we're m- mainly under artificial light sources. And the issue with artificial light sources is the blue light in that is very narrow spectrum of blue light and very void of all the other color colors so it's not even a full spectrum of blue light it's very much a very short intense spike of blue light at around the midway point of 455 nanometers and so the issue is is the lower down the spectrum the higher the energy in in the light waves and so when you have blue light in isolation it's very damaging and causes a lot of oxidative stress into our cells it's not damaging and causing oxidative stress in our cells when we have it in balance with the red light, because almost like red light is the opposite. So it's 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 regenerative, it's healing, and it can help restore balance. So the issue is it's completely out of balance, and we're getting blue light from most of most of the light sources now that we have indoors. So we've got LED lighting, we've got screens, um, we've got TVs, phones, computers, everything now is an LED light source. And ultimately, most conventional LED light sources are very, very narrow bandwidth of that blue light spectrum. So at a really high level, I guess, ultimately, yeah, it's not not that all blue light is bad. Like, you should avoid it at any cost. It's it's all about the, the type of blue light you're getting and the, the amount and the time of the day. Because that's the other thing that comes into play here is we've evolved to receive different amounts of light and different spectrums of light at different times of the day, because ultimately the light comes in and we receive that as a signal and our brain is then ultimately undergoing different biological processes based on the light it's receiving. So I hope that kind of gives like a real high level kind of view on it all. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, So pretty much to just break that down is like, Anything that is artificial, like any light that you're receiving that's essentially not from the sun is more than likely going to be uh, kind of not so good for you, especially if it's coming from a mobile device, right? Or an LED type light. And then the blue light that you would receive outside from the sun is going to be much more beneficial because it is accompanied with all these other types of lights, um, as well as obviously we've evolved with the sun. So uh, naturally, our bodies are quite in unison with it as well. Um, I had a question in there. Uh, When you wake up in the morning and you go outside and get the sunlight on you, is it the blue light specifically that is helping to set that circadian rhythm in the morning? It is. It's not just the blue light, though. It is that that is a key factor because the blue light is what will stimulate uh, cortisol and adrenaline, which is our wakefulness hormone. So you, you're supposed to get a cortisol response in the sm- in the morning, where that comes up and that will suppress your melatonin. So ultimately, if you feel if you wake up and you feel like real tired and groggy, generally that means you've got a low cortisol. Um, and you've still got quite high melatonin. So that blue light stimulation in the morning will actually clear off the melatonin and rise your cortisol. Um, But it's not just the blue light in that, because ultimately in the mornings, we see a lot of infrared light coming through in the the light wavelengths. And infrared light is also very, very good 
um, it primes your skin and your eyes for the UV light you're going to receive later in the day. Um, and ultimately, also infrared light is what helps stimulate um, serotonin production via in infrared light interacting with the cells. Serotonin then converts to melatonin in the absence of blue light at night. <laughs> so it's quite an important factor to make sure that you're getting not only the blue light from that morning stimulation to increase your cortisol, but also um, the infrared light as well is actually going to help you sleep better at night. Interesting. Okay. Gotcha. So essentially that blue light in the morning is helping to, uh, like you said, clear out that melatonin that might be sticking around and helping to spike your natural levels of cortisol in the morning to kind of help get you up and going. As well as you said, that serotonin later in the evening will be converted into melatonin and help you go to bed. Essentially. Yes. So okay. if you did, if like, for example, if you didn't get, if you had suboptimal levels of serotonin, you'll have a suboptimal levels of melatonin, no matter how well your light hygiene practices are in the evening. So it's kind of twofold. Like light hygiene is also about like, you've got to set yourself up. What you're doing during the daytime is setting yourself up for how you're going to actually sleep in the evening as well. So, you know, people get so fixated on potentially like, Hey, I've got to block blue light at night. That's going to make me increase my melatonin levels. It's like, yeah, but there's a bit more to the story is like, well, if you haven't done the thing, you haven't actually built the raw material that you need to create melatonin, well, you'll still have suboptimal levels. Um, yeah, so that 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 is a very important th um, factor. The other thing, just to 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 look about in the morning and that that morning light you're getting in, is it's an anchor, it's a circadian rhythm, it's anchor point. So ultimately, we're designed. The human biology system is designed on a 24-hour cycle, um, which is called our circadian rhythm. So ultimately, we've got a whole bunch of different um, processes that the body undergoes over a 24-hour cycle, and it's using ultimately using light as its um, as the as the clock as the time. So light is coming from the sun and different forms of different wavelengths at different times of the day. Essentially, we're taking in those light signals, and our clock is being synced up off off the sun. So getting that morning light in every morning as it, con it continuously anchors and sets that circadian rhythm so it doesn't get out of whack and get out of sync. Because when it gets out of sync, that's where we start to see either circadian shifts where like your whole clock is shifted and you can't go to sleep at night or you, you're waking too early in the morning because these are all factors that come into play. So the morning light, very important to continuously check in sync it so every morning your brain knows oh yep it's the morning it's it's you know around sunrise that's cool and i'm going to check in the next time 24 hours later just to make sure we're back in sync again gotcha okay and then also i've heard that uh being indoors as opposed to outdoors uh there is a difference in terms of like lumens right it, like being indoors like receiving light through windows is actually going to make it lower a lower level of lumens as opposed to going outside even on like a cloudy day uh you will just receive a higher level of light is that correct yeah so this is quite an interesting one the the, the discussion of lumens and actually the discussion of windows and what kind of light you receive indoors so um Lumens is a, is a measurement of the brightness or, or the level of lighting. So indoors, uh, the typical home indoors will be around 500 to 1,000 lumens of light. Now, to put that in perspective, if you go outdoors on a cloudy day, overcast day, it's around 10,000, wow. uh, 8 to 10,000. On a sunny day, it can be upwards of 30, 40, 50,000 lumens. Wow. So... It's it's not only the, the the type of light we're receiving indoors versus outdoors. It's the intensity is not enough to stimulate into the eyes, into the body those processes. So we're indoors, the whole levels brought right down. A common a common side effect of this can be what's called SAD or seasonal affective disorder. Essentially, that's a depressive um, symptom. 100% governed by light. <laughs> that's wow. the only one out there. You think about like how how complex the disease of depression is well sad is like there's there's not so much complexity behind it is like it's purely brought on by lack of light coming into the eyes into the body so that's why we commonly see sad in winter um because light cycles are shorter so there's not enough time to get outside get enough of that light and, uh, and in other places in the world like the uk and stuff where they're 
you know, the weather isn't ultimately the sun is less and people aren't really going outdoors. So the lumens factor is a big, big part of that is you're, you're not stimulating the, the production of the, the serotonin and the dopamine because they're actually, as I, I probably alluded to earlier, is their um, blue light is stimulating the serotonin and dopamine production in the brain and um, depression is generally those neurotransmitters are low and they're not being stimulated enough. So the, the um, your lux and lumens is too low. Um, but the other factor is, is, like you said, like through windows, interestingly, all the infrared infrared light doesn't pass through windows. Um, and I think UVB is actually also blocked from windows. So whilst you get natural light in, that's natural full spectrum, but it's not only visible spectrum. So the invisible spectrums are actually not, um, brought through into into an indoor environment and um, having infrared light is very it's also very very beneficial and we're very um, depleted and we don't get enough of that as well from living the indoor lifestyle so it's kind of twofold as you know you the spectrums are completely out of whack but then also the whole intensity of the light we're in is far far lower than what we would be if we were living an outdoor lifestyle gotcha okay yeah no this is super fascinating for me. Um, I, I'm, I'm really like almost just taking mental notes here. Like I'm gonna go back and, and write some of this down. This is really, uh, excellent stuff, Daniel. So, um, kind of moving into the blue, the artificial blue light in terms of, let's say, uh, some of the health implications that it can create as well as what's this led flicker and kind of what kind of uh, effect does that have on our health as well? Yeah, so Flickr is an interesting one, and it's becoming a lot more of a problem in today's world. Um, so the easiest way to think about um, Flickr is it's not generally visible. Like there is visible Flickr, which you'll literally see something flicking on and off, like a strobe light. Um, but most of us, most of the Flickr we're exposed to is what would be called invisible Flickr. And so what that is is um, most light sources are turning off and on very, very quickly, around 120 times a second. And the reason they're doing that is um, the way to think of like our modern lighting source, so LED lighting versus the older type of lighting, which was the incandescence or the halogens. So incandescent and halogen lighting was um, what we call heat source lighting. So what that means is um, electricity was coming in and it was heating a filament and essentially it's, it's producing a lot of heat and that's producing light off it. Um, Versus, so I kind of like to say that's like an analog type of lighting source. And now we've moved to like digital lighting, which is LED. So it's a little diode. It receives electricity, it's on. If it doesn't receive it, it's off. So it's on or off, on or off. Um, versus the heat source, it's heated up. So if it's got electricity, it's hot, it's on. But if it do, if it loses electricity, it doesn't instantly turn off, right? Like if it's going to take a few seconds or, you know, for that filament to cool back down and, and not no longer produce light. And so the, the actual electricity sources we have coming into our home is called AC current, which means alternating current. And the reason it's alternating is because it's got to come all the way from the substation into your home. So what they have to do to, to push it down that distance is pulse it down the line very quickly so it can reach much further distances. And so what they, so um, most common countries will have a 50 or 60 hertz uh, power grid, which means it's pulsing it at, double that to 120 times a second down the line. So when it comes into your home, into your LED light bulb or screen or any LED light sources, when it's got, when it's pulsed, it's on. And when it's not, when it's off, it's off. So it's going on off very, very quickly. Now, so the older type of lighting didn't turn off. It just, it, it was able to absorb, you know, the, the pulsing because the, the filament never fully turned off. So there was a very slight fluctuation in it that you still wouldn't see. So there is technically still flicker in the older light source, but it's not a it's not as pronounced with it being 100% on and 100% off. When it's doing that, whilst you don't see it, your brain is processing it as it's it's working overtime, essentially going, well, what, this this light is just constantly flickering on and off. And what that what that does is it will cause neurological stress on the brain. It will increase, it's essentially making it work overtime. So that's where we see things like headaches, eye strains, migraines start to kick in. Just the feeling of like being like just exhausted. Like people kind of think when they go to work, right? And then they're working all day and they at the end of the day, they feel drained. Like I used to work in an office and 
it was a very common thing. People were like, oh, I just feel like, you know, exhausted at the end of the day. And a lot of that is actually brought on by the constant flicker that their brain is just dealing with for the for eight hours straight from not only just the screens that they're looking directly in front of, but all the lighting that's overhead as well. So yeah, it's a, it is a big problem. Um, we we sit there and get very so focused on our oh, blue lights. The problem it's all the blue light that's causing my eye strain and my headaches and all these other things. But it's kind of twofold because you you, you throw flicker into the mix and it's just actually making it's it's just as much of a problem as the spectrum we're being exposed to as well. Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, uh, really, it's it's not just that blue light, but also that flicker that's really doing a double fold kind of impact on the eyes. And I, and I know what you're talking about because I too have worked at a desk job and uh, I used to get a lot of, um, a lot of eye strain, especially up in my brow area. And uh, it was, yeah, it was just super annoying and kind of like you needed to like close your eyes and just go lay down for a bit is usually what I would experience. But in terms of this, you know, getting away from the LED or the flicker, you know, or negating that effect is the best thing to do is go back to those old school light bulbs? Or would it be to, um, you know, just not use any LED at all? Or do blue light blocking glasses help with that? What's what is uh, some of the tools we could use for that? Yeah, so this is a tricky one, because we've there's been a big shift from the removal of incandescent and halogen light bulbs and and moving over to led and so this has been and it's it's literally at a point where i think it's almost like a black market to try and find these older type of lightings because it's been it's been banned like in the us i don't think you're allowed to even import them or sell them or anything like that and so this has all been brought on on the premise of um like the energy efficiency the sustainability um it's better for the planet sort of thing um they're more they consume less energy they have to be replaced less often so the 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 um the carbon footprint on led lighting is significantly less than the incandescent lighting and halogen <laughs> the issue with that is like i get it i'm like okay yep i get it but like hold on a minute here like what good is having a, a planet that you've looked after when the people living on it are now sick mm. and you're literally going cool what we've done for the planet is awesome but what we've ultimately done in the, and we've completely disregarded the shift to this different type of light source and what it's actually impacting on our health so yeah i think i think it's a bit uh, there needs to be an approach where we look at it from twofold and go well how do we make sure that we're ensuring our you know the footprint on the planet and what we're doing there is we're looking after it but at the same time we're also looking after the people that are living on it and not only just the people is is the the animals and everything because they're all affected by light just as much as we are right um so it's it's a very interesting one um and that's kind of what <laughs> that's what, what i've been like that's kind of like the mission we've been on right is like how do we how do we solve this problem because um you know you know we need to look at more uh energy efficient ways to live and make sure we're not consuming too much resource and ultimately what we've learned is it's the issue isn't like we we that we use led so led is just a technology which is a light emitting diode right and they can be created in all different ways and it's ultimately the way that they're consumed in, in conventional ways in society is, is the problem so it's and it's it's we're at a point now where you can't it's it's so um embedded into the modern lifestyle you can't avoid it the only way you would avoid it is literally going out off grid into the middle of nowhere and not interacting with society <laughs> which ultimately it's like well, is that is that a way of living right so it's right. like okay how do we how do we look at the problem and then make it so we can interface with the modern world but it have less impact on our health and the way we feel and live in it and it's possible. It is possible, and that's what we're we're looking at. So we're like we're 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 like you can use the LED technology, but let's like look at how we can alter the spectral output of it, making it more aligned with the natural spectrum we get from the sun. Um, let's look at the flicker issue and how can we resolve that. That can be resolved. We and it's it's a cost factor. Um, so when we when we look at so we've actually created light source that is flicker free and. It's a, it's a quite a difficult one to do. So, because what you're going to ultimately do is take in that ultimate alternating current and convert it into a direct current source. So the LEDs, the diodes themselves, are not receiving a pulsing light. But it just requires a 
more technology and more um, cost in the actual bulb, which will have like it's got a, an advanced alternator in there, which will convert that and buffer the electricity and give it a direct source. So it would be nice to see this more hitting the mainstream, but ultimately where I think we're in its infancy where we haven't, it takes, a, you know, the cycle for technology to catch up to like how it's impacting our health takes quite a number of years. And I was, I started, I started in this, in this industry in the light and health stuff like nine years ago, eight years ago was when we first started selling our first product. And even just watching what's happened in the last eight years, A, in the, how, how, how we're seeing the rapid um, advancement in technology, but also just the awareness as well. Like when I started doing this stuff eight years ago, people just thought I was mad. They were just like, what are you <laughs> like? You know, the, the way, the way I started with these big giant, like just um, safety glasses and wearing them around and stuff. And people just, yeah, it, was, it certainly wasn't a thing that people were really buying into, but like you kind of fast forward today, like, at least most people that are kind of like conscious of health and natural health and how they can perform and feel better kind of know that it's a problem. And they're kind of like, okay, I, I get it somewhat and I'm, I'm open to listening to how we can solve the problem. I think we need to get what we need to go one step further though. And it needs to start breaking into a little bit more of the, the mainstream discussion, right? Because at this, at this point in time, it's not. And there's a bit of there's a bit of pushback where it's like oh no it's not a thing there's no research on it and it's not it's not harmful to us and it's like well I th the research is actually staying it's taking it's taking a while to come out because it's not like these problems you you introduce this light source and then within it's it's over the long term we're starting to see these effects and see the strain on the health system we're seeing the the rise in eye problems and sleep problems and all that sort of starting to creep in now we're kind of like five, six years in for from really infiltrating our lifestyles with LED lighting. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, so no, that's uh that, super enlightening. Like everything I'm 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 super just drawn in on on what you're saying here. But uh you kind of led into the next topic I wanted to uh get into, which was the effects on sleep and uh, you know, in terms of of just our health with blue light. So obviously we know that, uh, when you're, when it's time to go to bed, having these, you know, blue lights and just lights in general on, uh, is not very conduct or conduct. Yeah. Conductive to our, our sleep and the quality of our sleep. And it's not even just, you know, having a light, like some lights on while we're sleeping, but rather the light that we are consuming prior to sleep. And I think, you know, one of the the goals that I try to do, which I will admit, uh, admit it, admit to, sorry, admit to saying that I do not follow these a hundred percent. But definitely, when the sun goes down, which has been really hard here recently because it's been going down so early, but is I try to limit the exposure to light, whether that's um, you know turning off the lights or at least dimming them, and uh, maybe refraining from getting on my phone as much. Uh, if I am watching TV, trying to put on some blue blocking glasses, but what are the health implications that we're seeing with sleep? Because I know, uh, with my own clients and with just people that I see in general, it seems that sleep is one of the biggest issues that people are having here recently, whether it's trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, trouble getting good sleep, where you wake up and you feel well rested and ready to go take on the day. Uh, yeah, those are definitely some really big issues. And then on top of that, I don't have any statistics or anything, but, uh, you know, eye problems are a massive, massive issue. Obviously, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but a lot of people obviously have contacts or glasses, you know, uh, their eyesight is just not fully there. Or you take like my mother, for example, example, who has macular degeneration, this is like an all too common thing. So what is kind of the tie there between our sleep and our eye health and the overexposure to this junk blue light? Yeah. Okay. Let's get into it. <laughs> That's a pretty long question <laughs> yeah. there, but yeah. feel free to take on whatever part you feel. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's just break it down because there is kind of two, there's two big issues here. We've got an issue with, because we've kind of explained what it is, what blue light is, and and difference with outdoors, indoors. There's two big issues. There's one issue about our consumption of the light during the day and our consumption of light during the night. And and the solutions are different for both of them. 
So I'll kind of just touch on the day first and then we'll move to the night. So during the day, as I've alluded to, indoor lifestyle, really high amounts of blue, not enough of the other beneficial spectrums. Now, ultimately, what you don't want to do is block all blue light during the day. You don't want to go, oh, shit, I'm indoors. I've got screens and everything. I'm going to shut. I'm going to put on a pair of blue light blocking glasses that block 100% of blue light um, because that's going to completely eliminate your blue light exposure. Your brain's going to start thinking it's nighttime. You're going to get sleepy. You're going to be tired, unmotivated, not wanting to work. And ultimately, over time, that's going to cause SAD. Like, you're going to start feeling depressed. Like, your eyes will be protected. That's You've you've solved one problem and created another. So during the day, it's about looking at your exposure and trying to bring it down to levels where it's not so intense and it's not having so much damage on the eyes. So what you've got to look for here is the most common um, way to do this because the, the issue is, most of us during the day work in the offices or work or are in environments where we can't control the lighting. It's very, very difficult when you work in corporate or even a mall or a shop or anywhere where you can have any say or control over the lighting. So the easiest way to try and mitigate this is with a proper set of blue light glasses that have been designed specifically for the daytime and specifically to reduce the correct spectrums down. Now that that's easier said than done because there's a lot and a lot of stuff on the market now. You can jump on Amazon. You can buy a set of blue light glasses for ten dollars. You can, you can find them in a fashion store, a clothing store, and there's a little bit of a craze that's happened, right? You can drop ship, shipping them from China. They're everywhere. Yeah. The issue, the issue with them is that they're technically not lying. That 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 they are blue light glasses. Like they, you can see the reflection of the blue light off them. And and but the issue is is of like I've said earlier, blue light ranges from there's a range of blue light, and the the consumption of blue light we're getting indoors is a very narrow spectrum of blue light at a very specific range. In order to be able to filter that down, you need very specific glasses that can do that. So most of the glasses you'll find they'll have a coating on the outside that can reflect blue light off it. Most of that light being reflected off it is violet light to start with, which is actually before blue light. And then it can kind of get maybe up to about 400 to four, just about to 420 nanometers of that blue light. It can filter it down anywhere from five to 20%. In order to be able to actually filter down the 455 nanometers, which is the, the exposure we're getting from all the lighting and the screens, that that technology doesn't work. Like the 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 reflection on the outside, it looks great because you can see it and it looks visually like it's reflecting the blue light. You need to have special pigments inside the lens that when the light passes through, it actually absorbs that light at that frequency. And then what's coming through the other side is, is filtered down. So when you're looking for a pair of glasses, the first thing is like, does the company have, uh, have those specifications listed on their website? Do they have the exact nanometers? that are being filtered and by what percentage. So that's kind of like checkpoint one. Yes, they do. Cool, they do. Well, can you contact them, ask them for evidence of a like a light spectrum report where they've got a, a testing report of their lens showing all that it's quite a technical report, but they should have it. If they're able to sell those glasses, well, how are they validating it? So that's kind of checkpoint two. If they don't have either of those, I would probably not invest or waste your money because ultimately there'll probably be that first set of technology I said just with the reflection coating on there, ultimately reflecting 0% at 455 nanometers. So that's the first thing. Look for them. You're wanting to see about a 50% reduction in blue light. That's a really good spot to be in. That's reducing that 455 down by 50%, allowing enough blue light through to stimulate the cortisol allow you to be awake, alert, and work during the day, but not so much that you're experiencing the eye strain, headaches, and ultimately what's leading to macular degeneration in the long term. The headaches, the migraines, the eye strains, the symptoms you're experiencing are like warning signs. It's your body saying, hey, this is not cool, man. Like you are you are destroying my eyes, but it's something that's not going to happen overnight. And we're only starting to see research come out now from like, 10 years of screen use and and the effect on these eye these eye diseases and eye problems so if anything it should be like not a a reactive measure to do this it should be a preventative measure we should be looking at and going how can we actually continue to have healthy eyes whilst we consume screens and live under artificial light sources so that's the first thing daytime you want to filter it down 50 percent if you're ultimately a very light sensitive person 
which some people are, they react quite severely and have like quite um, severe migraines and headaches. You need to go one step further. It's a light yellow lens. What that does is actually drops at 450 nano, 455 nanometers by 100%. So it can oh, block wow. that whole oh. whole spectrum out. But then from 455 onwards, it's letting it all through because that's not the problem. There's no, so 470 nanometers, 480, none of that's coming from our screens. It's all coming from natural environment around us. So you don't want to block that. You want that to come in. That's helping the mood, the energy, the serotonin, the dopamine. The 455 is ultimately for light sensitive people. If they eliminate that completely from their artificial source, it will really provide symptom relief. So we've kind of got two options there to look at during the daytime. That's really, really good way to mitigate that. Um, if we move on to nighttime, this is a bit of a different problem. So nighttime, um, if we think about nature um, and being outdoors, we're exposed to blue light during the day. The sun starts to set. Um, blue light starts to be stripped out of the environment. If we look at ancestrally how we've evolved over thousands of years, uh, caveman days, uh, what do we use for a light source at night? We use the fire. What color spectrum is there a fire? Red, orange, yellow. No green, no blue. Um, there's a piece of research that was done in 2001. And what that looked at was it looked at all the different wavelengths of light and the level of melatonin suppression. Melatonin is our sleep hormone. It's our master sleep hormone. It's actually much more than a sleep hormone. It's probably a bit more in depth for another discussion about what melatonin is beyond sleep. But um, so this this study looked at all the different wavelengths beyond blue to see what effect it had on our melatonin levels. And what was quite interesting, because this, this is not that old, this study, is it actually found that it was not just blue light that would suppress your melatonin. It was blue and it, it was a, like a big bell curve. So at 470 nanometers, I think it was, was the peak disruption in melatonin, which was over 80%. It was around 87% reduction in melatonin, which is huge, right? Like you think about how just a simple thing of just being exposed to a light source in the evening is reducing a, a master hormone that's helping you get deep and restful sleep is reduced by over 80%. Jeez. Um, But what it showed is it extended beyond the blue light spectrum. So it went on to, um, so blue light finishes at 500 nanometers, but it actually extended right through to 550 nanometers. So that's about three quarters of the green light spectrum. Now it's a lot less of a degree because I said it was a bell curve. So it peaked at 470. It's just heading all the way down, but there's still a large big slice from 500 to 550 nanometers. That is, ultimately lowering our melatonin probably not by the 80 percent that we're getting from that peak but it's still bringing it down to suboptimal levels so what that shows ultimately the, the outcome of that study is that you want to remove 100 percent, not 80 not 90 not 95 100 of blue and green light up to 550 nanometers so you can't use those same set of glasses you have for the daytime at nighttime they're just going to be ineffective they're letting far too much of that those spectrums through and that's where, again, a lot of confusion in the marketplace because you've got clear lens glasses out there that have been promoted to help you with sleep. Ultimately, I can tell you a set of those glasses will have zero impact on your sleep. They, you, If, if you feel like you get better sleep because you wear them, it's a 100% placebo effect. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. got to be because like from a from a scientific point of view, there's no, there's no founded science to show that it would um, with that small reduction in blue, blue light. So... What we're looking to do in the evening is once the sun is set, we want to try and we want to try and replicate what our ancestors had in caveman days, which is a fire, right? I'm not saying light a fire in your house and use that, but I'm saying there's, there's um, tools and techniques we can use to replicate that. So the glasses is an easy one. You can put them on. Um, you want a set of glasses that will block 100% of blue light from 400 to 550 nanometers. What that looks like is a dark orange, close to a reddish type of lens. Um, having them on will make everything look red and make everything look warm and like a fire. It may be a bit strange at first, but you'll get used to it. Like within a week, it's almost it becomes very unnormal or unnatural not to have them on, and it's like mm -hmm. I never knew like light was so bright. But another another big or easier way to look at this is, and and this is a big um, thing we've done through the how we've evolved our own business is going well. The glasses are very much like a, ba a band aid or the 
band-aiding a problem you know we're filtering out i'm like well why don't we just not have the harmful light and not need to filter it right like like stop it at the source and i i get it's quite hard to do with that with like the, the screens and the tech we use but the actual biggest exposure we have in our own homes in the evening is all the overhead lights you think about how many lights are in a home it's like they're everywhere and when it gets dark we turn them all on like heaps of them like 40 50 plus of them the bright white leds so if we can if we can alter those lights to not to be more um aligned with like how they should be in the evening well then it's you you still do probably want to have the glasses for circumstances when you are on the screens but everyone in that household benefits instantly like it's not like you have to then get everyone in your home especially kids are quite difficult to to get to wear a set of of glasses i know that because we sell kids glasses and they're probably the ones we sell the least of because it's very very difficult to get them to comply but by default everyone benefits when you have changed over the lighting in your home or worked out or used particular areas where you're using a light source that is flicker free and is as has all the blue light stripped out of it um and so what you're wanting to do really is after sunset when those lights come on well they're lights that don't have that blue light spectrum in it because all that's doing to to everyone in that environment is it's telling your brain it's still like midday like it's like well there's heaps of blue light in the environment outdoor that means the sun's out like it doesn't understand that (laughs) evolution takes thousands of years right it hasn't evolved to understand the artificial light spectrum versus the natural light spectrum of blue light it just assumes which is a fair assumption right like hey like i guess it's the sun's out so i'm gonna continue to keep my cortisol and adrenaline elevated because i don't want the human system to be shutting down in the middle of the day yeah so it's doing exactly what it's designed to do so that artificial blue light is suppressing our melatonin and increasing our cortisol even in the evening time yeah you can't have yeah so um melatonin and cortisol are opposing hormones so you 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 if you have high cortisol you have low melatonin and opposite they they when you when you graph them out and their cycles and levels they're always an opposite of each other so when you get up in the morning and your cortisol spikes up your melatonin instantly drops down in the evening what's supposed to happen is naturally our melatonin is supposed to rise and our cortisol is supposed to come down but what happens is our, our cortisol just say stays elevated um, chronically elevated so then our melatonin just never has a chance to actually kick in and rise up and then when you look at actually cortisol it's actually an interesting one because cortisol over the long term having elevated cortisol is actually starting to cause a lot of health impacts cortisol this is quite an interesting link here which is um, cortisol will um, elevate your your blood sugars um, levels so what ultimately is so continuously stimulating your cortisol beyond where it should be over the long term means your blood sugars are higher over the long term High blood sugar causes insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> insulin yeah. resistance yeah. causes weight gain. So when we start to continuously over the long term, just continue, continue to consume too much blue light throughout into the night and our blood sugars stay high, well, well then we just lead to insulin resistance, diabetes and weight gain. Um, it's an interesting link. It's like, how does blue light make me fat? Well, <laughs> there's, the, there's the very clear link between it. Um, yes, and, there's yes. pl- and there is research out there showing it as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that's an excellent example of how just literally everything is connected. And, you know, it's like it's the same thing within the body. One thing that happens in the mouth or the brain or wherever is going to affect other parts of the body. And uh, that's a great example of that as well. Um, a really quick question, and this is something I've heard, and I wanted to just run this by you to see if it was true. Uh, is it also true that it's better to have lights that are lower to the ground in the evening time as opposed to overhead because they simulate more of a fire? Yeah, um, that's that's and that's I've heard that, and I, that's what we generally we we when we come down to like how we recommend things, we say, well, we want to kind of yeah simulate how we would be exposed to it in nature and i haven't seen any particular piece of hard evidence research but i i feel like it does make sense that a bright light regardless of the spectrum so there is research to show the intensity of the light plays plays a role so regardless if you just had a um 
you know an amber light with no light but you sh- shone it directly into your face and it's going to wake you it's going to have a wakefulness effect to a degree and so i think having bright white or bright any light coming from overhead down is almost like a it's a it's it's ingrained and programmed into us that is the light source from overhead is the sun so ultimately how i like to structure my own lighting and how we recommend it is in the early evening you have your main lighting on which um, will be an amber type of light with all the blue light removed and you're using that early evening it's really good to use in the early evening i'm not too worried about the removal of that green light spectrum which i talked about in the early evening because it's when you start to strip out the green light it's it's a red light and i don't know but like it's a little bit difficult to to operate your daily life in red lighting um, like trying yeah. to cook dinner and, and yeah. do stuff in the early evening. So just a warm amber with all the blue is perfect. So using that overhead lights are on, it's bright, you can cook dinner, you can do all the stuff you need to do. Then once you're really just ready to to relax, wind down for the evening, maybe you want to watch TV or read a book, all the overhead lighting should be turned off and just a couple of lamps with some red light bulbs in it that strip all the green light out. So you're kind of like, you're shifting it down. Like sunset, you're, you're moving down one step next level to... To preparing yourself for sleep so a good one to two hours before bed depending on your lifestyle but you've really you've only got a few lamps on in the home with with red lighting in it and the amber's shut off yeah yeah um ah daniel i feel like <laughs> i could actually have a very very long conversation with you so uh in terms of the uh time limit for this podcast i'm going to kind of start to bring us more to a close although uh, I feel like, I don't know, maybe I need to have you back on because this is <laughs> this is really good information. But um, before, I, before I let you go, one thing I did want to ask was, what would be your top tips for people who, um, you know, are dealing with sleep issues, are dealing with, uh, you know, macular degeneration or any kind of eye issues, like if you know of any supplements that might be great for that or practices such as like you explained with the amber lighting in the evening time, uh, putting on blue light blocking glasses in the evening as well or even the partial blue light blocking glasses during the daytime. Uh, But any tips or tricks that you might have on that would be much appreciated. And I know that the listeners would be very happy to hear that. Yeah. Well, my number one tip is free as well. It doesn't cost anything is to get outside. (laughs) Yes. That's the the biggest one. So that morning one is important and it's, it's important that I know people are really rushed in the morning, but even if it's only five minutes, like just just get outside barefoot, grounded, like that's really good for us as well. But just even if like if you can't see the sun, looking in the direction of the sun, overcast day, we talked about the lux levels, that doesn't matter as much. You're still bringing in that light. So that's number one tip is just get outside first thing in the morning. Next thing is still on the same discussion would be like during the day, like if you can just take time to go for a walk outside again doesn't need to be like you're not needing to spend hours outside because i know it's not possible or realistic for most people but even just getting outside for a five ten minute break you know people go outside for smoke breaks you go outside for a light break if you know it's just like it's um, (laughs) you can find a reason to get out there um yeah and then yeah then then beyond that it's it's starting to to look at using those tools to look at our daytime exposure look at our nighttime and eliminating it in in the evening um and then beyond that it's like yeah the, the sleep ones are yeah it's such a complex one beyond light as well it's the mind as well and making sure you're doing practices in the evening that are not stimulating to the mind because it's not only light that can stimulate you it's literally if you're if you're if your brain is consuming too much information or trying to process too much, it's not going to wind down. So I, I like to look at it t- as a whole practice in the evening where light is part of that puzzle where, Hey, cool. All the lights are coming off. You know, I'm winding down. I'm not, you know, the screens, the the phones, all that's been shut down and you're, you're putting yourself in a, in a place where you can actually start to relax and put yourself to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's excellent advice. I mean, uh, yeah, I think the sleep one is super difficult because there are a lot of different factors that can play a role in there. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I did have, uh, two specific questions with the eyes. Have you heard of, uh, gazing into far distances as being beneficial for eyesight? And then, um, also have you heard anything in terms of astaxanthin and, uh, its benefits for eye health? Um, the gazing into distance, yeah, there's a common practice called like the 20-20-20 rule. So I think it's like every 20 minutes, um, take a break, like gaze into the distance for, for 20 seconds. 
Um, mm. Because there is an issue with the eyes beyond blue light and it's the focusing on the screens and the constant like short-term focus. So again, I don't claim to be a, like an eye specialist or anything. I'm more of a, from the light angle, but I certainly, it has crossed paths that I think it is important. Like regardless, if you've got all the glasses on, you can't just sit there hyper-focused on a small area for so long. You're, you're, you're detraining de the eyes in a way to have that distance. So I try and practice it myself. There are tools you can actually put on your computer where it literally will shut down all your work and be like, you know, your 20 second break is, is due now sort of thing for 20 seconds. So um, that's, that's a good tactic to look at. And I think, yeah, I think there is a lot of research around that and more from the optometry field, they are talking about that in sight. Um, Athazanthin and eye health. I have heard a bit of about that and ultimately helping with this, with like sunburn in the skin. There is an interesting supplement um, for eye health. I think it's called lutein um, and its ability to, like they're, they're, there's a few supplements that are literally being promoted as like blue light filter supplements. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I know. And like, we've like, we've been approached before to look at it and partner and I've looked into it a little bit and, what I would say to that is, yeah, there like it looks it looks promising that it can um create protective, uh, can be have like protective properties to the eyes, but I wouldn't use it as an excuse to be like, well, I'm taking the supplement that protects my eyes and yeah. it's like it's like I'm filtering blue light kind of thing. That's like I don't I that's why I don't like the term terminology like blue light filter through a supplement. Like, right. Yeah, you you can use your screens lights now because it's like. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it it's it's you're still being exposed to it, and there is more beyond um, just that. The blue light coming into the eyes that is affecting us beyond that, right? Like blue light on the skin is actually a problem as well, and we haven't really even touched on that. But at a yeah. really high le high level, like yeah, the eyes is probably the most important because of the signaling that happens from the eyes and the optic nerve into the brain. So we've got receptors in our eyes called melanopsin receptors that aren't responsible for um, sight at all. Um, they're purely in there to take in signals of light and send that signal into the brain. But what they found in like 2005 was melanopsin receptors that are in our eyes exist in our skin. <laughs> they're like, whoa, like they've just like in recent times been like, those same receptors are being activated in our skin. And so essentially we've got a circadian clock, a 24-hour cycle clock in our skin. Now, how much of an impact is that having in terms of like uh, the ability for it to impact our biological processes? I would say not as much because it is new research and you think about it, the master clock that lives in the brain, it's called our SCN. It's a small part portion in the brain. It's a direct connection from the back of our eye. The optic nerve goes straight into there. So the signaling coming in our eyes is having a direct signal to the master clock in the brain but you think about then the skin has got also these signaling pathways they will be reporting in in some way shape or form into that that master clock and reporting essentially what's going on in the environment as well now the skin is an interesting one because it also has a 24-hour cycle it expects to be void of blue light in particular times like it it upregulates its um regeneration overnight when there's no blue light it's collagen production increases um and it goes through its own respiration cycles and stuff like that and we are now disrupting our skin clock and our skin's ability to go through its own 24-hour cycle so what that looks like over the long term is we get skin damage and breaking down of the skin that doesn't regenerate over time so the skin is an interesting one and that actually when we just look at wearing glasses what's happening with the rest of our body mm, yeah <laughs> um, so it is an important one as well to look at beyond just going, oh, yeah, I've got the glasses on, I'm taking the the eye supplement, I'm good. Like it's a bigger it's a bigger piece. And you think about just being outdoors and the impact that natural light does have on our skin, right? Like we think about um, UV light and UV light will synthesize vitamin D in the body um, and the, when we get the right amounts of it. And it'd be stupid to think the other wavelengths don't have some biological impact. Like they're all, there's all different wavelengths and they all are absorbed at different fr frequencies into the body having impacts. And we probably only know such a small portion of what the light actually is doing. And there is no supplement or there is no like for, for sunshine, like in getting that natural light, we can look at it all and go, well, hold on a minute. We can, you know, mitigate this here and here and do all these like the, 
the tools and the biohacks and all that to try and be like, oh, yeah. But ultimately, what I like to say is we're being biohacked mm. out of nature. Like, we, we, yeah, we, we are. We are all biohacked. And we need to, like, look at how we can, like, move back to, like, not being biohacked and be back in, like, a more of a natural um, natural environment. And that's – I think that's where you see a lot of, like, health practices going now. We've, like, done a full circle to, like, you know, it's like getting back to the basics, right? It's like yeah. eat, move, and get outside. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, 100%. And then uh, I really like that you mentioned the skin being a receptor for light because – uh, you know, even if you think of people or mainly kids, but, um, you know, like a, a nightlight being on in the room and people might think, well, my eyes are closed. I'm not receiving any blue light through the eyes, but your skin is literally, you know, receptive to that light as well. And I believe I had even seen a study that said something about cells or neurons or something use a form of light to communicate as well. Uh, just so interesting, which comes back to the health is about light, not food kind of quote. Um, mm. But that's super interesting to hear about the health of or the the skin and the, the interaction with light. And yeah, and like you said, also, with uh, all these different kinds of lights and the kind of uh, not effects on the body, but you know, like you said, with the creation of vitamin D through the light, right? And it's like all these other spectrums of light are also probably doing something else in the body as well. Yeah. yeah. So wild. Um, Daniel, honestly, like, I'm, I'm not kidding. I really could talk to you for a really long time. So I might have you come back on the show if you're open to it, because yeah. I don't yeah. even think we got into the red light therapy uh, very much or a few of the other topics. So um, if you're open to it, I will be happy to have you back on the show. Um, but before we do end off here, I would love for you to share, uh, where people can connect with you, where they can reach out to you, where they can find your products, where they can find these, uh, very obviously specific blue light blocking glasses, which obviously if you're talking about all of the information, uh, here on this show, you can trust that your products are going to be of that quality. And so, uh, a very trusted source, but, uh, yeah, please feel free to share any any uh you know any places they can reach out to you and obviously I will link all of that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. So you can find us um on our website. It's the easiest place to to jump on and have a look at everything we talk about. So block blue light or one word blockbluelight.com. Um there you'll find so we're really big on education as well because like the the issue isn't just like here's a bunch of products and like you don't know what to do and how to use them. So we've got a whole heap of blog posts where we're really big on that and trying to break it down so people can understand like the issue and maybe what they need and how to incorporate it in their life. So that's a really big section to just look at is the like the learn section and the blogs that we've got. Um, beyond that, whole big range of day glasses, night glasses. We try and break down and list a bunch of the stuff that I talked about on here about the specifications. We have spectrum reports that we can show and if people want to see that then there's a whole big part of lighting and we've got what we've tried to do with all our lighting is create all different types of lighting that we'd use in our home in different situations so it's not just a light bulb because we have all different requirements of like you need to get up in the night and go to the toilet but don't want to turn a light on so like motion lights are really good for that we've got book lights for reading we've got lamps we've got stuff for traveling we've got We've tried to think about all these different what if I'm going to be completely honest, I'm a bit selfish here, but I literally created all these for my own personal use. I'm like, damn it. Like when I'm like in this situation, I'm like, I need something for that. All right. We're just going to like create and start selling it. And it works really well because like, I'm not the only one, right? Like we all kind of do similar things in the evening and during the day and stuff. So we've really now got a, the ability for you to look at every single light source you use in your home and have a way of mitigating it or altering it to be more beneficial. That's a big one. And then, but if you're still lost and you're on the website and don't understand anything, um, you can reach out to us on any of our socials. So we've got like a chat there for Facebook chat or just jump on Instagram, Block Blue Light Official. You'll find us there um, or email us. Um, we love to hear from people and un understand what they're looking for. So if you've got specific, you're not sure like how this will work for your situation or you've got to, you know, you do night shift work or you do this and you do that and you want some advice, like reach out, like either like our support team are really, really good. But if it's like a complex one, it will literally come to me and I'll sit there and I'll like assist the person and help them and answer them and try and give them the solution to help them, you know, incorporate a bit of light into their lifestyle. 
I love that. I love that, Daniel. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's really uh, what sets you apart is, you know, like you said, the whole education portion of your website, the fact that people can reach out to you with these questions, um, you know, that, that it's really, to me, that's more of a, of like, a, you know, an act of, of something from your heart, you know, like you're really just caring and wanting to give back to people, which, which I really appreciate. And yeah, honestly, uh, no shame at all in creating something for yourself because where there's a need, um, that is a great place to create a product. You know what I mean? So, um, thank you for doing all of that and using yourself as the Guinea pig and, and figuring all of this out. So, uh, I really appreciate that, Daniel. And, um, also, uh, for all the listeners, Daniel has been kind enough to provide a 15% discount code. It is elemental. Uh, I'll have that all linked in the show notes as well. But Daniel, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm seriously not kidding. If you want to come back on, we'll get you rescheduled because I feel that we have tons more to cover here. I am. Um, awesome being here. Love to come back on. I think we've only just scratched the surface on like a real, we, yeah, we can certainly go into some other areas and discuss discuss it in more depth. So I'd love, love to come back. Excellent. Excellent, Daniel. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back on the show uh, right when we end here. We'll go ahead and figure that out. And then uh, for all of you listeners, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, You already know the motto of the show. It's do everything with good intentions and connect to your elements and peace. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. Evan Roberts is not a medical professional, and this podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts and any guests on the show, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional. Thank you.